Everybody's good? All right. As soon as Gary sits down. <laughs> Week five out of six. We're almost there. We're closing in. Tonight and then one more to go, and then you'll be set free. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about how to tell your story. And just to be clear, the beginning, this is not the only way to tell your story. This is not the end-all, be-all, perfect way to say it, that it's going to work every time and you know, everybody's just going to do whatever you want them to do. That's not the case. What I'm trying to do is give you an easy, uh, memorable way to start the process going, to start the conversation, to start the ball rolling. Um, obviously, the most important thing is listening to the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit when he's guiding you to talk to somebody exactly what he's trying to say to you. As we said last week, he, he said, I will give you the words in that very moment when you need them. So this is, uh, we are going to talk about how to take your story and put it into a concise uh, little package so that you can present it in a way that allows you to expand on it later. And, and unpack that as you go. So it's not one big dump on somebody, um, but at the same time, it, it's hopefully going to be something that's going to spark some interest and, and maybe even some questions, things like that. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I do have a handout here. If I can get, can I get you to help me hand them out? One page there. So don't freak out because there's lines on the front and the whole back is lines. Don't freak out. It's just plenty of space. Um, I've got, I wanted to put something in your hand, though, that has uh, a few tips and, and tricks there, and we're going to walk through this whole thing um, and how to go about it, and we're going to start the process of writing your story today, but you'll have some homework for next week in completing your story uh, and presenting that, but we'll get, we'll get into that. So, um, and I'm going to kind of jump around because I did this last night, and I didn't get them in the same order that I've got them on my notes. So... I may be out of order, but that doesn't mean anything is more uh, important than another. It's just a different order. I would have had a PowerPoint to go with it, but a certain baby took some of my time last night. So uh, a certain baby that's back home now and doing well and took my, my time. So, um, so to get started with, one of the things uh, that we want to be be sure to do is to not overwhelm anybody. That's why we're talking about doing a short and concise one to two minute story, not something that's going to be overwhelming or something that when you've got just a couple minutes to talk to somebody, they feel like they have to pull up a chair and listen to some long story. Um, I like to call it a, your elevator story. If you got in an elevator and you didn't know how long you had to ride with somebody, could you tell your story the amount of time you've got in that elevator with them? Can you get the ball rolling, get it started that way? Um, as we've looked at in, the, in previous weeks, uh, it didn't always work. Paul, he presented stuff. Some people listened, some people didn't. Uh, what we're trying to do is to get it started, plant the seed, maybe water a seed that somebody else has planted, um, hopefully reap the harvest in the long run, but know that this is not a failure if you get a no. A no is not a failure. This is not something that you have a certain time limit allotted, and if you don't get the start to finish in 15 minutes, then you're done. That's not what it is. We want to make sure that we are uh, taking every opportunity that we have to speak to people however we can 
And like I said, it doesn't, you never know when what you're going to say is going to infect somebody, maybe even years down the road. Um, that can happen. These, just obeying the Holy Spirit and telling your story is not something that um, you may even know how it turned out. There's a, uh, a guy by the name of Mordecai Ham. I use that analogy all the time. A guy by the name of Mordecai Ham. He was an evangelist. He was an okay evangelist. He didn't have big numbers. Um, you know, he was on the radio, he was on TV, things like that. And if you looked at his numbers in the, in the long run, you would say, boy, this guy spent a lot of years and, you know, he did good, but he wasn't like, you know, record-breaking or anything like that. The thing is, one of the people that got saved at one of his uh, meetings was Billy Graham. Now, you can look at Billy Graham and go, okay, now there's somebody who's got a lot of people came to Christ through Billy Graham. Well, that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Mordecai Ham. And that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the person that talked to him. And we don't know going back. It may have been somebody that shared their story a million times and only got one person. And that person then affected somebody else who affected millions. So we want to remember that even if it's that two-minute time frame that you've got, it's important, it's useful, and it can reap the harvest down the road, even if you may never know about it. So we want to keep it to one to two minutes long. In your story, on uh, number one there, three things it should involve, and we'll go through and we'll kind of chop these up into three parts and go through it. The first thing is you want to involve what your life was like before you met Jesus. Number two, how you met Jesus. And number three, what your life is like after you met Jesus. Now, if you're sitting there going, well, I grew up in church and I, you know, I don't really know exactly when I made that decision. I know I made it not exactly sure when it happened or, you know, I was kind of, didn't really have some big transformation where I'm going, okay, well, this is what happened and this is how it happened. Then, I mean, I'm, I've got a similar story and I'll share my story in a little bit here too. Um, but if you don't have that moment where you're going, okay, this is who I was, this is what happened and this is uh, what became of it, then use the same steps in a way where Jesus stepped in in your life you ran into a problem or you had an issue where you can clearly say, this is what I struggled with, this is where Jesus stepped in, and this is where I'm at afterwards. That said, you may be able to um, do both. As you give your story, um, then when you meet somebody who's struggling with something, you can use the same thing to present to them. Yes, you know, I've been where you're at. I've struggled with that too. And you know what? This is what I did, and Jesus stepped in, and this is what he did for me, and here's where I'm at now. It's those three parts that get that, that question to kind of get people's minds going. This is where I was, this is what God did, and this is where I'm at now. One of the things you want to be careful of, uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about using religious language, Christianese. Be careful not to use that, if at all possible. Just you want to be sure that you're clear and that if anybody who does not have a church background is not a Christian will be able to understand what you're talking about. Don't assume that they understand what you're saying, uh, especially if you're using language they're not familiar with, um, just like anything else. I mean, you know, Doug can tell me about farming stuff, and if I don't know anything about a tractor, I'm not going to know what he's talking about, and I'm just going to go, yep, mm-hmm, yep, right, yeah. Yeah, you got to dig the dirt and put the thing in and take it out. I mean, that's, yeah. So we want to be careful to, to use language that, that people can relate to us and that they understand. 
the other important thing is to memorize your story. Now, when I say that, I don't necessarily mean you have to memorize it word for word, but you want to have the gist of it so that you can use it at any time. I mean, you don't want to sound like a robot that's just, you know, repeating the same thing over and over and over, but you want to have that, that flexibility to know those three steps and how you can do that so you're not put on the spot or have the opportunity and you're going, oh, crud, where's that paper? I wrote on a thing or let me get my phone out. Let me look this up and, and let me figure out where I'm going with this. You want to be able to, to use that um, at any time that you're able to. Sharing your story is just as simple as that. It's sharing your story. It's you trying to tell people about the change that happened in your life and give them a reason why they should change their life. You don't have to preach the entire Bible to somebody. That's not a requirement of sharing the gospel. You don't have to have all of the answers either. The most important thing is just being willing to share, being willing to step up and speak when that door is open and the Holy Spirit is pushing uh, in your heart there. Simply share your story. Use things from your everyday life. Make it personal. That's what Jesus did. When you watch and you, you read through the teachings of Jesus, he'd be walking down the road and go, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like a fig tree. You know, and it wasn't because he was walking through the desert and there was no trees. It's because he walked by a fig tree. It's like, yeah, it's like this. Uh, when Paul stepped up and said, you know, I can tell you're very religious because of all these idols you have around. They're making it personal and using those things. Using the things that Jesus did in your life is perfect because nobody can dispute that because it happened to you. You're just telling somebody what happened to you. You're not getting into a theological debate of, could this happen? You're going, listen, like the, the blind man Jesus healed, he just said, listen, I don't know who he is or what he did. All I know is I used to be blind, and now I can see. That's all we're trying to tell people. I'm not here to argue, to, to go over a theological debate. I'm just telling you, this is where I was. This is what Jesus did for me, and here's where I am now. And I know that he can do the same thing for you. And they can't argue with you because there's no way they can deny what Jesus did for you. Here's why I think this is unique when you're talking about personal experience. Uh, for one, it's, it's unique to you. Your story fits your culture. It fits the people you see every day because that's where you live. You live in this area. So therefore, your story fits people in this area. They can relate to that. It's not like you're coming from a, a complete different country and trying to explain something to somebody you're going, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you used to see me down at this place down here, and then I went down to that church over there where I met this person, and they told me about Jesus, and now this is what I do. It's relatable. It's local. It's, it's personal. So don't think that you had to be a 20-year drug dealer that's been you know, completely transformed, and that's the only way you have a testimony. You've got a testimony right in this town. I mean, if you've lived here for very long and people know you, they know what you do good. They know what you do wrong. And they can see, I mean, you could think of probably 10 people right now that you're going, boy, that person, yeah, that person's changed an awful lot in the last 20, 30 years. Or somebody you're thinking, that person would never change. Um, those are the kind of things that we're talking here is, is to showing, okay, this is where I was. You knew who I was then, and this is where I am now. 
I want to take a, a couple minutes here, and, and I'll share my story. In the, and I don't do it the same every time. I have a very similar, like I said, memorized way. So when I tell my story, put a clock on it here, 46. So I grew up in the church, um, grew up in a Christian household, Grew up, loved Jesus, went to church every week, was very excited about it. As I grew up and got older into my late teens and that, I kind of, I started getting the pushback from my peers with the, well, don't invite him to that because he can't do that. He's a Christian. He can't do any of that stuff. And I thought, I can do whatever I want. And so I'm going to go ahead and prove to you that I can do whatever I want. And my intention was to take one step over the line and just to prove to some people that this is, I can do whatever I want. And what started out as one step took a second and a third and a fourth. And I remember laying there one night and I was praying, mostly, you know, God, don't, don't come back while I'm doing this stuff or, you know, hang on, you know, get me out of this stuff. Forgive me for all the stuff I did today. And I realized that when I had started to take one step over the line, I'd gotten to the point where I wasn't really sure where that line was anymore. And I knew in my heart something had to change. Now, I'd like to tell you that overnight everything changed and everything got better. And I said, okay, God, take over my life and everything was wonderful. It was not. It took some time. It took some pain. I had to get some people out of my life. I had to get some things out of my life. But looking back at it at this point, I said to Jesus, you can have everything. And I have never regretted giving him everything. And it, there was some pain in it. There were some things that hurt, but I do not regret it whatsoever. I can look back and say, I am so glad that the Holy Spirit pushed on my heart that day and said, look where you're at. And now if I'm talking to you, I'm going to say, you know what? If that's someplace that you're at, I know we can do the same thing for you. Okay? 48, two minutes, right there. And I didn't drop the mic and walk away and never talk to you again, but I'm going to stop and let that kind of sink in, and you're probably going to get some feedback then. Oh, really? You know, well, I've had this happen before. I know so-and-so, and they've done that. And that's when we got to listen and go, okay, Holy Spirit, now where? Where, where am I going now? You get the, the door opened up. I want to show you... I'm going to move this out of the way. A little illustration. Hopefully this works out as well as it did in my head. I need another volunteer. I've used you once. Can I volunteer you again? You don't need your paper. I just need you to come stand here, and you don't have to do much. So I'm going to come up, and I'm going to say, hey, haven't seen you in a while. You got a minute? I know you're going through some stuff. Just chat with you for a minute. And I'm going to tell you my story, okay? You're going to hold it. So I'm going to tell him my story for two minutes. And I'm going to say, okay, you know, maybe, I'm, maybe this is a coworker. So I see him every day or every three, four times a week. Okay, I'm going to tell you my story, and I'm going to say, you know what? I know you're going through some stuff. If you need anything, give me a call. Okay? You know, just friends, whatever. I'm going to go off. I'm going to come back in a couple days. Hey, how's it going? Things? Have you thought at all about anything that we talked about? Because, I mean, I, I, I know you're struggling, and I just, uh, you haven't called me, so I just want to make sure you're doing okay. And, you know, I was just thinking about you the other day while I was praying. I, you know, I, I was praying specifically for you, and I was just, Reading in the Bible, and I said, you know, this is, this is some of the stuff that, that, that the Holy Spirit was kind of letting me know. So if you ever want to talk about it, let me know. All right? Okay. 
I'm going to come back in a couple of days, and we're going to talk again. And just slowly over time, I'm going to take this, and I'm just going to put a little water on this seed here. Okay, you're holding my seed, and I'm just going to put a little water, and I'm just going to put a little water. And over time, you're getting pretty wet. <laughs> and we're going to get you nice and wet. And eventually, whether it's me or somebody else, there's going to be a harvest that comes. Because, and like we read in the Bible, it says only God can make it grow. Now, these could be two-minute interactions, but they're watering the seed. Now, if I came up to you one day and I said, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Let me tell you everything Jesus told me. Okay? Did you get all that? <laughs> Got most of it. Do you want to talk to me again? No, you don't. <laughs> so there's a difference of that little bit, and it wasn't uncomfortable, and it wasn't anything that, that made you... You can keep those, a little prize for you. <laughs> you can go ahead and sit down, thanks. And, but you see, it was just those little things, and it could be in between those times, it could be a day, two days, it could be ten days, it could be somebody else that comes up and says, hey, I want to talk to you about something. And then he goes, well, you know, somebody else kind of told me about some of that stuff. Maybe he goes home and pulls out his Bible and pulls a little water on himself. And he's looking through some stuff or he wants to do a little research of, you know, he said this scripture that, that Jesus said that. Is that something Jesus would really say? And he puts it in Google and looks it up. I mean, those are the kind of things that it, it's just planting that seed and putting that little water on and putting that little water on. It's nothing that has to be an overwhelming thing where I've got to feel this huge pressure uh, to make this happen and everything. I mean, Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, I'm not going to make you work hard. This is not a hard job. This is what we're called to do, and it's not that hard, especially if you make it personal. I think we, we've made it into something more than it was ever meant to be where we have to memorize this certain way, or we have to read books and memorize the books, and we have to have the answers to the top ten questions that every person wants to know about God. You know what? People ask me stuff, I say, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to look into it. We're going to figure it out together. We're going to figure it out. I don't know the answer to that. Well, why does God do this? I, I don't know. We'll look into it. We'll see what the Bible says about it. Maybe we get an answer, maybe we don't. Some things we just don't know. But instead of me just going, well, stop asking those questions. Those are not important. Here's what's important. It's, you know what? If that's important to you, that's important to me. Let's get on the same page. You know, let's, let's work together towards an answer on some of these things. For homework, we are, we're going to spend a little time here, and we're going to break that. Well, let's do that first. Let's spend a little time um, on these different sections. On the three sections on what your life was like. You got one? Well, geez, you just all got them now. All right, they're on the ball. So what I want to do first, one there, your life before Jesus. So like I said, this is going to be what, where were you at before you met Jesus? Um, if, it's, if it's something where you're going, I didn't have this big conversion moment, Pick a time, you know, maybe a really difficult time in your life where this is where I was at, this is where Jesus intervened, this is where I came out to. So what I want to do is just get you started tonight so that you, because I think if I get you started, maybe you'll finish it. 
So just put one or two sentences just to get a couple things on paper so that you can uh, get the ball rolling on that. So we're going to take like three minutes, and I just want you to write down one to two sentences of what your life was like before Jesus or before um, this difficult time that you're going to share. Okay, so three minutes. you got three minutes starting now. Okay, let's move on to the second step. I know a lot of you are still writing. Well, you can't, but then explain it to make sure that, or, or even if you didn't know what it meant at the time, then that's great to explain it. I mean, don't just assume that somebody would know that. So, yeah, definitely, if you, if you use anything like that that's question whether or not they'll, just make sure you explain it, because you don't want somebody to feel like they're excluded or they're looked down upon because they don't know the term, um, or that they're just dumb. I mean, we don't want anybody to feel that way. So, yeah, if you, if you use it, just be sure that you explain it and, and in a way that, you know, some people, because I've talked to people before and said, you know, uh, are you saved? And they're like, from what? And I'm like, oh, gosh, well, that was really stupid because you have no idea what I'm talking about. You know, <clears throat> have you ever been saved? Like, from what? From drowning? From a car accident? Like, from what? It's like, okay, yeah, I've got to rethink what I'm doing. So, yeah, as long as you're, you're explaining it, that's the main thing is just don't, Assume that somebody understands um, where you're going with that. So, number two, <clears throat> how you met Jesus. Again, um, I mean, if you want, I got time and you want to write more than that, I just want you to get something on there to kind of get started. Um, so, we're going to take just a couple minutes here again um, and just write one, two sentences if, if that's all you can think of now or, you know, anything to kind of get that, your, your placement in there so you can, you can delve into that a little bit later. Okay, number three, your life since meeting Jesus. Now, this doesn't have to be a super long thing that just says, you know, this is everything I've done in the last 20 years or whatever since then. It's just how did that, where you were before, how does that look different now? What, if it's that thing that you were going through, how, how do you look on the other side of that trial or that struggle? Um, what is it different about you? And maybe you're specific in your life before Jesus saying, these are the things I struggled with then how does that reflect now? I mean, I just don't want you to be like, well, before I was a murderer, and afterwards I'm a florist. It's like, well, those two things don't go together. Like, how did this affect the before? Um, so give you just a few minutes here uh, to get started, write a couple of things there, and then we'll move on. Okay, so wrap up your sentence there. Leave it at a place where you can jump back in later. I'd love to just give you all the time in the world now, but limited on what we can do and people watching on the on the web are probably bored to death of just sitting here watching me stand here so um so your homework for tonight for this week you've got a full week okay you've got till next wednesday one uh, take the time to finish writing your story edit it uh, kind of smooth it out a little bit uh, remember one to two minutes this does not have to be super long if you can do it quicker than that do it quicker than that this is not meant to be, um, you know, it's not going to be graded by a bunch of people saying, you forgot this and you forgot that. It's, it's your story. So each one of us is going to be different. Okay, so re-refine, edit, rewrite your story. Second part of your homework. Okay, and don't freak out here. Tell your story to somebody and get their feedback. And when I say that, I don't mean just random person on the street. Tell your story to somebody, another Christian, a friend, your spouse, somebody who knows Christ, so you can say, hey, this is what 
I've got. Give me some feedback. Does it make sense? Does it flow right? Is there anything that sticks out to you that doesn't belong there? Get a little bit of feedback from somebody um, so that you can know, okay, what does this sound like when I'm telling to somebody else? Does it make sense? Does the whole thing flow? You know, what can I do better to, to firm that up? Um, so it, you, whether it be your, like I say, your spouse, your kids, your friends, whoever, just tell in the next week, run it by one person and get some feedback. So you can, you can uh, make sure that it, it's going to work well, that it's, it's comfortable for you to say it. You don't want to be choppy and going, and then, oh, what was that other part? Something about Jesus and how I met him. And, you know, you want to make sure that it, it flows and that it sounds natural. Because that's what we want it to be is natural. It's, and, and the other thing is to make sure that somebody that's not in the church world would understand what you're saying. Uh, don't just always assume that somebody knows. Uh, I mean, in the Bible, they said to somebody, have you been born again? And he said, well, how can I do that? I can't climb in my mother's womb again. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's, that's what the world would think by that. They don't know what that means. But it's simply telling your story. Jesus was a storyteller, okay? Jesus had a sense of humor. Believe it or not, not every time, I know we read the Bible and think that Jesus was uptight in everything that he said and everything was so poor. Jesus had a sense of humor just like everybody else. There are times where, so we, we got to stop being uptight or put up, oh, crud, now I've got a chance to say some stuff, so I've got <clears> to <throat> stand up here and I've got to get my Jesus voice on and I've got to talk to somebody. Just be yourself. You should be yourself before, during, and after talking to somebody about Jesus, it should just flow out of you because it's a part of you. It's part of who you are. It should just flow. Remember last week we looked at Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 11 and 12, and it said, when they bring you before the synagogue and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. We talked about that last week. Don't worry about saying something wrong or sounding stupid. That's something I've always worried about. What if I misspeak or say something? What if I sound like an idiot? Okay? We've all said stupid things before. Odds are the people you're talking to have heard you say something dumb before. We've all... If we try to step on our own understanding in those moments, put the pressure on ourselves, we're more likely to make a mistake. The reality is the Holy Spirit can take what you say and use it for the good of the gospel. It, he can use the words you say to talk to somebody on a whole different level that you have no part of. You don't even know that it happened. I'll tell you, there's one, one time, I love telling this story, and I probably shouldn't because it makes me look like a real idiot. I was pastoring in, in Fort Dodge, and there was a, a couple who was, they were new pastors in Waverly, Iowa. They'd been there a few months. I had just kind of gotten to know them through some pastoral meetings, and I thought, you know what would be great? If I went to their church and supported them, just showed up, came to church just to support them, you know, say, hey, we're glad to have you here, um, glad to have you in our, in our uh, fellowship. So I thought, I'm going to do that. So I called up the, the pastor. His name was Bob. And I said, hey, Bob, are you guys going to be there this week? I want to make sure you're there. I don't want to show up and you not be there. He's like, yep, we're here. we got a missionary speaking, actually. We've got a young guy going off to the mission field. He's speaking, so I won't be preaching, but, but we'll be here. And I said, okay, great. I'm going to show up. 
So I said, he said, what time is your service? He said, 9 a.m. I said, not Sunday school, what time is service? He goes, 9 a.m. I said, well, crud, that's a two-hour drive, <laughs> 9 a.m. And he goes, we're having a potluck after church. I said, how long is your church? He goes, we'll be done at 1030. I said, what do you eat at a potluck at 1030? Spoiler alert, it is bratwurst and sweet corn is what you eat at 1030 in the morning at a potluck. So I jumped in my truck, and I drive out there, and I get close to Waverly, um, and there was road construction. And I thought, crud, I don't really know. This was like before I had an iPhone or anything like that, and I was kind of, you know, figuring out my way. But I thought, okay, I'll take this detour, and I'll figure it out. Well, I get a phone call, and it's the pastor's wife, and she said, hey, we want to make sure that you know there's road construction and make sure that you get here. I said, yep, I got it figured out. And she said, okay, well, you, you're probably going to beat me because I had to go home and get your phone number, so you're probably going to beat me there. So, um, you know, pastor's going to be in the back praying with the worship team, so you get there, you know, grab a seat, I'll find you. I said, okay, great. I came in. I sat towards the back. I talked to a couple people that had come up and talked to me. And I get this tap on my shoulder, and it's the pastor's wife. And she says, hey, I got something in the car. It's kind of heavy. Can you help me out? And I said, sure. And I thought, it's potluck. There's crockpot in there, something like that. I go out to the car. She opens the door. There's a newborn baby in a car seat. And I'm thinking, these people are in their 60s, okay? This is not your baby. She says, this is my, my brand-new grandson. It's my daughter's son. Um, first time he's ever come to church. He's only a week or two old. Wanted to bring him to church. She said, I could. I said, okay, great. I picked up the car seat. We walked in. I walked in the front door, and she was gone. I have no idea where she went. And I'm standing there holding a baby in a church that I've never been to as a single guy standing in the foyer. And all of a sudden, every woman in the church is surrounded me. And now I don't know, even these pastors, I've known them for a couple months. Okay, I've never met their kids. I've never didn't, you know, grandkids, whatever. So one, they're all gooing and gone over the baby. And one of the ladies looks at me and she says, oh, what a sweet boy. What's his name? And I said, I don't know. I said, I don't even know who his mother is. Because I don't know his mother, because I've never met their daughter, okay? Now, that, one lady got very upset by that comment. And she gave me the, oh, I never, and she stormed off. And I'm like, what's her problem? And so we get in there, and I sit down, and pastor's wife comes back, and we sit in the very front row, and it's just dawning on me what I just said out there and what this gal thinks of me. So we're sitting here. It was a whole weird experience anyway, because the worship team came on the platform, then they actually came, the leader was behind me, and I was like in the worship team all of a sudden. It was weird. So this young man gets up to speak that's going on the missions field. He speaks for maybe 10 minutes, and he's done. So the pastor gets up there. We got a lot of time to burn. So the pastor talks for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then he kept looking down at me, and he goes, you know what? I'm just so excited to have you here. And he says, stand up. This is Pastor Tim from Fort Dodge. And, you know, everybody say hi to him. And I turn around, you know, I'm thinking, where's that lady that said that? And now she knows I'm a pastor. What's she going to think now that I don't know? But so I'm, yeah, okay. And I sit down and his wife goes, we should have Tim speak. And I'm going, yeah, I'll come sometime and speak. That's fine. He goes, that's a great idea. I don't know what he's going to say, but I know it'll be good. And he dropped the microphone in my lap and he went and sat. He didn't even sit next to me. He went and I'm like, ha, ha, ha. He's like, no, go ahead. No, seriously. He's like, no, go ahead. Whatever, whatever the Holy Spirit puts in your heart. And I'm going, this is insane. Like, this doesn't happen. So I got up and I had my Bible. And I'm telling you, in that moment, I could not think of John 3.16. I couldn't think of a single thing. Okay? Then, 
as I'm standing there, one scripture came to my mind. One. Judges chapter 3. King Eglon, who is known in the Bible by being so fat that when he was stabbed, the entire handle disappeared in his stomach of the sword and everything. This is the only thing I could think of. And I'm telling you, I quoted probably six, eight verses there. Just bam, 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 bam. I quoted them. And I have no idea. To this day, I can't remember what I talked about. I talked for about 20 minutes. And I couldn't tell you right now what I said. I've talked to the pastor after that, and he's like, I don't remember what it was. It was really good, though. And I'm like, how could it have been? I'm standing there the whole time thinking, I am never going to be invited back here again. These people are probably going to leave our denomination. They're probably going to throw me out. I'm going to lose my pastoral license, the whole thing. Like, this is, this is terrible. And then afterwards, I probably had five, six people come up to me and go, you know, that was so good. That really just really spoke to me. And I'm thinking, well, you are either lying or you're stupid because that wasn't good. And we all, everybody was going down to the potluck, and one guy kind of flagged me to the side. And he said, you know, I just want to tell you something. I am a pastor in another town down the road, um, bigger town. And he said, I kind of, I decided I wanted to drive off to a small town somewhere and just go to church. And he said, what I determined, uh, today was the day I was going to decide to tell my congregation I was giving up the ministry. He said, I've been so burned and I'm so wiped out that I'm just not just this church. He said, I'm just getting out for good. And he said, what you said today spoke to me in such a way that I'm going to stick it out. I feel empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to keep going. And I'm sitting there going, okay, that had nothing to do with me because what I said was ridiculous. But what the Holy Spirit did in his heart didn't matter what I said. It mattered that I got up and said, something you know obviously i could have said something terrible which i didn't but i still i to, in my view it was a bomb but the holy spirit used it in a great way so i can't sit here and say okay here's what works and here's what doesn't work and because it, it's just being obedient to the holy spirit and and using those moments and they did invite me back there and they invited in fact he uh, years later he went to a different church invited me over there too so I got to keep speaking, and that time I was well prepared, and it went a lot better. But I can look at that day and go, boy, that was two of the stupidest things I ever said in my life. But reality is, the Holy Spirit did the work. He was working in somebody's heart. He brought that guy from 30 minutes away. He said, I'm just driving until I find a small town church. And that's where he went. The Holy Spirit was preparing the whole thing. The seed was there. The water needed to happen. The Holy Spirit had to make that grow. I was just willing to get up and say something. So don't ever discount the ability you have to speak to somebody. Because no matter what, it may just be that few minutes that they need, that encouragement to get them over that hump. They might be right there teetering on the edge, and you're the one that, that tips them over to say, okay, give your whole life to Jesus. It could happen. You might be the first one that plants that seed, that down the road somebody else jumps in on. So don't think that your story is not good enough. Don't think that it's too short or, you know, I was struggling with one of these three parts and I can't get this down. Don't think that way. The willingness to share your story is what we're asked to do. Your story is your story. It's a story between you and Jesus. 
And any story that includes Jesus is a good story. Okay? So Jesus picked you specifically. And he put you in a place to speak to certain people. So therefore, he's made that decision. So it's not the wrong one. It's the right one. Feel empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that and, and to step up and speak. You can totally do this. It's not that difficult. Sometimes we just got to get out of our own heads and what we've decided we can and can't do or what is going to happen in the future with what we say. You can totally do this. Don't overthink it. That's the biggest thing I could tell you through this entire thing. Don't overthink it. You're just telling somebody a story of what happened to you. It's your story. No one knows it better than you do. So nobody can tell it better than you can. Let's end in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you so much for being a part of my story. God, I thank you for stepping in and redirecting. God, and I just... God, I want to make myself available to share that story whenever and wherever I can. God, I pray that you will give us all the strength, to, um, just the mental strength to know that we can tell our story and that people will listen. Maybe not everybody, but some will. God, I pray that you will just encourage everyone here to go forward and to write their story and to go ahead and share it with others. God, I pray that we will see uh, a wonderful thing happening in this area, God, where people are planting seeds and watering seeds. God, and we do ask for a harvest. Lord Jesus, I just thank you. And God, again, I just thank you for letting us be a part of this process. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So remember your homework for next week. Finish your story. Tell your story to somebody so that you can get some feedback and polish it up.